Welcome to Encompass Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us today. To share your story of what God has been doing in you and through you, take a moment to email us at amen at encompass.org.au. Enjoy today's message. Thank you, Vandura. You may be seated. How are you all? It is so good to be sharing God's word with you all. So many beautiful, familiar faces and so many new, beautiful new ones. And um, we really uh, just send a big greeting from our Doreen campus, obviously. But, um, you know, just one thing I want to share quickly about the Christmas event. This is the first time that as a church, as Encompass, we are running three separate events, okay? So Craigieburn is running their Christmas event on the 4th, which on the Sunday afternoon Bandura here, you guys are running it on the 10th, that's uh, that's Saturday night, and we, and Doreen, we're running it on the 11th, so the Sunday, the day after. We believe this is going to be the greatest opportunity that we are going to be able to have to reach more people than we have before. So keep praying. As Pastor Lois said, get in, serve, play a part, because we know and believe that God is going to deposit seed, that he alone is the one who grows. He is the one who waters. We play a part in it, but he's the one that's going to do what he needs to do, yeah? So it's going to be great. So Pastor Jason, listen, we're praying for you. We're thinking of you and the kids, and we know that God's going to bring you guys to full health really quickly. So this morning, we're going to back to honour, and we've got to look at it this way, that obviously God wants to say something across our campuses. Maybe the Holy Spirit just wants to press it a little bit more. So let's stay open. Let's say, God, have your way in my heart, have your way in my mind, and in my actions from here on in. I want to share a quick story with you. I had... Who here has a second fridge in their garage? A few people? Us Italians, we have a second fridge, sometimes even a third, and we can live for many weeks if there was a bomb to go off (laughs) because there's a lot of food in the house. And I had this trophy up in the second fridge in my garage because every time I go to my garage and and do a bit of a cleaning out exercise, I get to this trophy and I just can't throw it out. I can't throw it out. And I'll tell you why. When I was in Year 12 uh, in 1992, 30 years ago, I was part of uh, two soccer teams in our high school, the first and the seconds. And now let me tell you, I'm not the best, I wasn't the best soccer player, but I was a dependable, reliable backman and made sure that uh, anyone who was heading for goals, I, I was in their way. I was a bit of a brick wall down the back. And what actually happened, because I played for two teams that year and do two lots of training, what, ap- what actually happened, the coach at the end of the year as part of the award ceremony I got awarded a a team player's award, and this is it. And hence why it's quite uh, emotionally attached to me. It's the first award I ever received, ever. Now, you see, I grew up in an Italian home, and my mum and dad, while they were, you know, loving and everything else, encouragement probably wasn't high in their gifts. To give you an example, when I would go to uh, parent-teacher interviews, the teacher would be saying, you know, my mum would be sitting next to me, teacher would be saying, Mark's a very good student, he's very, you know, diligent in his work, you know, and my mum would just sit there, no, deadpan, nothing. But the moment the teacher would say, but he's very distracting and he talks too much in class, my mum's backhander would come out. 
And the teachers would go, no, Mrs. Donato, no, Mrs. Donato. That's the type of encouragement I got. So to get an award like that, it meant something to me. It's nice to be honoured, isn't it? It's nice to be uh, get, receive an award and think, you know what, you've been recognised for something that you have done. And I know uh, recently we just celebrated our 70th anniversary and we thank God and we honoured and we continue to honour the men and women who God have used in the life of our church and it's because of them that we find, our stra- find ourselves today here in Bandura at Doreen at Craigieburn with the God-given position that we have. We honour that. We also honour our senior pastors, Pastor John and Lois, who have been the longest serving senior pastors in the history of our church. We take moments to honour, to give honour where honour is due. But I'm going to encourage you and ask you this question. I believe the Holy Spirit is going to leave us with this question today. What is your greatest honour? What is your personal greatest honour? What badge, what decoration, what medal, what pin, what legacy, what honour are you looking for? What honour are you looking for? Can I ask just right now that we bow our heads and we pray together? Can I just get you to repeat after me really quickly? Dear Jesus, today your Holy Spirit is going to speak to me. Give me open ears, an open heart, and a willingness to do what your spirit would have me do. In Jesus' name, amen. You see, God's word and what the world teaches is quite disparate. There's a huge gap between the two. Wouldn't we agree? You see, and as believers, we live in the world, we get influenced by the world and, you know, we, we live and breathe in it every day and yet there, we live in attention sometimes because we're influenced, we see what's going on around us. But, you see, God's word calls us to a higher standard. God's word calls us to live according to his plans, according to his purposes and his ways. And we see there's attention very clearly in 1 John 2 verses 15 to 16. Now, for those of you who may have heard me preach before, I have a custom that anything that is underlined in the verses behind me, I ask you to read out aloud. So I don't want you to wane off by the end of the service. I want you to keep engaging because it is God's word that is truth. It is God's word that has been spoken and penned through the Holy Spirit. And when we read it, we can actually take it in. So let's go. It says, do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do, not love, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see and the pride in our achievements and possessions. Read together. These are not from the Father, but are from on this world. From this world. So in context of this, back to honour, we clearly see that there, there are two worlds, two opposing ends of the spectrum. The world's ways that we live and breathe in and we see and sometimes get influenced by and what God's Word says. You see, God's Word, as you've heard over the past few weeks, says things like that we are to honour God, we are to honour His Word, we are to honour our father and our mother, we are, honor those, are to honour those in authority and we are to honour and esteem others more than ourselves. But the world system, the enemy's uh, perspective is, dis- you, don't, you don't have to honour God, dishonour him. He doesn't even exist. 
Dishonor your parents. You know, your parents, don't let your parents tell you what to do. You're your own person. You know, in actual fact, just listen to what we'll teach you at school. Listen to what we'll do as a government. Just let's have those perspectives. Dishonor your parents. Don't worry about them. Dishonor those in authority. Dishonors others. You can do whatever you like. Take whatever you like. Be with whatever, whoever you like. And as long as you're not hurting anyone, anyone else, you don't have to worry about the consequences. The truth is that's not true, is it? But you see, we know that God's ways are the ways to life and the enemy's ways lead to death. So with that in mind, again, I ask you, the Spirit asks us today, what is your greatest honour? You see, Jesus taught about the greatest honour and just after he's had a triumphant entry into Jerusalem in his last week on earth, physical living, physically living on earth, he comes into Jerusalem, people are with palm trees praising him and saying he's the king of David and so on. And then just before he predicts his uh, death again, he actually says these words. In John chapter 12, verses 24 to 26. Now this is a bit of a teaching message, a bit of an encouragement. So there's going to be a bit of scripture here today, so continue to engage. Let's underline, let's read out the underlined. I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am. And the Father will honour anyone who serves me. Beautiful passage of scripture. Jesus is calling unto himself those whom he loves and those who are called the servants of God. And I think as Christians, sometimes you and I can be guilty. We can be guilty with the notion that uh, service to God is only what we do in 90 minutes or two hours on a Sunday. But our life is a service to God. If you are a mum, a dad, raising your children is a service unto God. If you are in your business, if you're serving as the, uh, the owner or in a business, God has called you for service into it. If you are in your workplace, in your school, in your uni, God has called you for service into it. Amongst your siblings and family, in your street, in your neighbourhood, God has called you and I for service into them. You know, the Apostle Paul reminds us that we are to do all of our work as unto God. And even Jesus said himself that we are to be salt and light. And what does salt and light do? Salt flavours a salad. Salt brings out flavour in meat and so on, don't we? So you and I are to bring flavour, God's flavour, wherever we go. And wherever you and I are, darkness is to flee. Why? Because we have the light of the world within us. So we are to play that part. That's God's service. And can I tell you, it is the greatest privilege, it is the greatest honour on this earth to be called a servant of the Most High God. You and I need to walk out here today 10 feet taller in the spirit and even physically. You don't have to get some shoes, but in the spirit, walk out knowing that you are a servant of the Most High God and it is the most privileged thing that you and I can be. You see, we can think that serving God is a demotion. 
We can think that uh, it's, actually, it, it, it's actually, you know, not that special or even a chore. But I'm here to remind us that it is the greatest honour. You see, when asked to serve in our local church, you know, Pastor Lois, we, we put out the call, maybe even serving on the Christmas thing, we might think, oh, look, I don't have time for that. I'm too busy. I'm not good enough. I don't have the talent. No, no, no. That's someone, someone else can do that better than me. No, no, no. I don't want to work with that person. I don't feel comfortable. No, no. I, I, I tithe. That's enough. Can I encourage you that we are called the servants of the Most High God, that we need to actually not see it as a demotion. We are actually to see it as a privilege. When asked to help serve God in your school, in your workplace, in your community, maybe we think, no, that's too hard. I, I don't want to be out there and, and be chopped down. I don't want to be labelled or ridiculed. And we know and we see it, don't we, that being a Christian, labelling yourself a Christian, you automatically can get an attack. But can I tell you, I would rather be known as a son or a daughter of the Most High God and Jesus whom I serve than worrying about anyone else. We need to stand on our faith and on our conviction. You see, when God saved you, when God saved me through Jesus Christ, he called you into service. He called us into service. It is the highest and greatest honour. Not a pin, not a medal, not a trophy made of wood and a bit of plastic dipped in fake gold or not even fake gold, it's gold paint. You know, this won't last, this will break. But we know that when we serve God, we have an, a mighty privilege that we have. So let me give you this example. Now, we all know we have a new king over our Commonwealth, correct? All right, so picture this. King Charles has now just come into power and he looks around his kingdom and he says, you know what, I need a new personal assistant. So I am going to scour all of the Facebook pages, all of the LinkedIn, whatever, I'm going to look across the Commonwealth and I'm going to see if I can find my next PA. And just think, just think about this. He comes across and he stumbles on your profile. And he starts looking, he says, Jay, what a mighty man this guy is. He's thinking, you know what, I'm going to call him. I want him as my next PA. He's got the skills, he's got the experience, Seems like he's got a great character. I'm calling him on. So King Charles picks up the phone. He, he gets uh, Jay's number or your number. And he rings you and he says, look, you know what? I want you to come and be in my service. I want you to be my PA. And guess what? You have nothing to worry about. If you've got a family, I'm going to pay for all of your expenses to be moved over, all your furniture, everything else like that. And guess what? I'm even going to give you a house to live in. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to ask you to move here to London. Now, can I say something? If Jay or any one of you was even an anti-monarchist, can I tell you? I'm not a betting man, but I reckon you'd take the job. I reckon we would, wouldn't we? Because you know what? We would go on Insta and go, hashtag King Charles paying the bills. Hashtag King Charles PA. We would, we would puff ourselves up. Come on, don't tell me you wouldn't. Think of it this way. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords has called you and me into service greater than King Charles. Come on. 
We have the greatest King of all kings who has called you into service, who has saved you, who has loved you, who has called you his own. And he's asking you to be his servant. It is the greatest honour to serve God. So in the time we have left, I want to share five reasons, five truths why it is the greatest honour to serve God. Number one, we're serving the true sovereign of the universe. Now, I'm sure we heard the term, you know, when uh, Queen Elizabeth passed, the the term endearingly and honourably that she was referred to was the sovereign. Why? Because she is the sovereign, was the sovereign of our commonwealth, just as King Charles is now. And it's a It's a position of honour and respect. But I want us to capture and read here in these next verses about the sovereign of the universe. The Apostle Paul writes these under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and we get a beautiful picture of our sovereign God. Colossians 1, 15 to 18 says, Christ is the, the visible image of the invisible God. Let's read together. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and He holds all creation together. What a beautiful picture that is. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. So when you and I, one of the reasons why it is an honour to serve God is because when we serve God, we are serving the supreme being. No one is like him, the one who knows you inside out, the one who formed you in your mother's womb, the one who knit you together, the one who knit your siblings together, the one who knit the people next to you together. The whole world is in his hands. So it is the greatest honour to serve him because we're serving the sovereign of the universe. Why else? Number two says we're following the example of Christ. Matthew 20, 25 to 28 says, But Jesus called them together and said, this is Jesus himself speaking, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority of those under them. What he then goes on to say, But among you will not be, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you, you must be your, must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. Read aloud. but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, we know we live and breathe. We, we are partake in this world, don't we? We know that honour in the world's eye seems to, look, you know, looks to coerce and enforce a leader's greatness or stature or role via power and control. So in other words, I'm in this role. You need to follow and do what I say. I have... You know, even on, on the, in the social media world, I have X amount of followers on my page so I can influence and lead people accordingly. 
You see, but Jesus flipped that model on its head. He flipped the worldly model. And he who was and is to come, he who created the world and everything in it, chose to come down to earth and serve, to humble himself. The master served. Jesus Christ served you. He served me. He flipped it all on his head. So the question is, are you or am I greater than Jesus? The answer is no, we aren't. So if Jesus can serve, who are we not to serve? We are to model ourselves and we are to follow his example. The third one, the third reason why it is the greatest honour to serve God is because we experience a taste of heaven on earth. Now, it's not the Belinda Carlisle song of 1987. It's not what I'm talking about. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, you can look at it online later. But I want to give you this picture and I want to dispel a myth. You know, when you and I get to heaven, it's not going to be the picture that it's like we've landed on a cruise, sitting on a lounge chair, and we're all sipping pina coladas or lemon, lime and bitters or whatever your favourite drink is and just watching heaven go by. No, no. Heaven is actually a very active place. And guess what? We are all on the worship team in heaven. Every single one of us. Nat and all the worship team leaders across the churches won't have to hunt around, won't have to look around for people on the worship team because every single one of us will be on the worship team. Let me see. Let's see it. In Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 to 10. After this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation, tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. And I love that picture. And I love our church across our campuses because it is a picture of heaven. We have men and women across every tribe, every nation, every tongue who call it home and we serve God together. It says, they were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands and they were shouting with a great roar, Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. We're going to be in the presence of the Most High God and we're going to serve Him and we're going to worship Him in an active way so that when you and I know that it is the greatest honour to serve God, we're doing it because we're experiencing a taste of heaven and on earth. Now, can I give a bit of a theological teach here? Is that okay? Just on this point. Now, for those of you who may not know, the Bible teaches us that we, the church, not just Encompass Church, the church globally, is considered and painted as a picture of as the bride of Christ. Do we know that? So we are the bride of Christ and Jesus is the groom. And one day the revelation shows that if you go on and read, it says that there will be a huge marriage feast There will be a time together that we will sit with the groom and there's going to be a party to end all parties. If you've been to a great wedding ceremony, this is going to blow everyone you've been to in your life. But the picture is this. We know, don't we, that what does a bride do before she gets married? I can remember a few years ago when Janna and I were getting married, she went and organised a dress. She went and did the makeup trials. She went and did the hair trials. She 
She made sure that she had the right shoes, the right trinkets that would adorn her, the right um, headdress or the uh, crown. She was wearing a little crown, a little headpiece and so on. And then she even went to the trouble of making sure that her bridesmaids who stood next to her all were matching and all had comfortable shoes and so on. She went to the trouble of getting herself ready for me, her groom. So the question is this, as an act of service to God, how beautiful would it be that you and I play a part in getting the bride ready for Jesus? How good is it that you and I play a part while on this side of eternity that we get the bride the most beautiful, we get the bride the most full she can be? Because guess what? There are still men and women who do do not know about Jesus in your world and in mine, and we can play a part in getting the bride ready for Christ. Amen? Amen. Number four, why else is it the greatest honour to serve God? There's two more to go. We're almost landing the plane. Is we're serving him out of thankfulness. You see, we don't serve God in order to be saved, to be forgiven or for eternal life. No, no, no. That's already been won for us and done for us through Jesus Christ. Our actions do not save us, do they? We know that for a fact. But what we do is we know that we play a part. We serve Jesus out of thankfulness because we want to play a part in his kingdom. Salvation is a free gift. We serve him. And as it says in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 7, it says, And now, just as you have accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Now, I can remember when my kids were younger, quite a few years ago now, but we, and for those of us who've got young parents or we're grandparents, one of the things we try and teach our kids and those kids is thankfulness, yes? We try and teach them manners. Manners are good. You know, I can remember Elizabeth, she was one of the, she was the cutest. She, we would say to her, Elizabeth, say please. And she'd go, peace, peace. And then Elizabeth, say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just very sweet voice. We try and teach our kids manners because we want them to understand that even though everything in my home belongs to them once I'm gone anyway, and they're heirs of it, they're parts of it. We want them to understand the gratitude yeah. of being blessed as part of being part of our family. Yeah. So when you and I serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, it is our part to play of being thankful children towards God. Being thankful for what He has done for us. Being thankful that as a wretched soul that I am, Jesus still chose to reach out His hand and save me. Chose, out to, chose to reach out his hand to save you. That is thankfulness and gratitude. You know, gratitude doesn't put limits and restrictions on it, does it, it on the service. You know, oh, look, I'll only serve when the moon is full and the stars align or when there's a red moon or blood moon or when the weather is good, I'll serve or when the weather is bad, I'll serve or, or when my family is in order or after this or once I've accomplished that, or every second Monday between 
145 and 146, I'll serve. No, no. Service and gratitude to God is, has a heart of going, I'll serve you, God, anywhere, any place, any time. I'll serve you with my boss who may be mistreating me at the moment. I'll serve you with my kids who sometimes give me a run for my money. I'll serve you wherever it is that you want me to serve, in the church, wherever it is. God, I thank you. I will serve you. I will give my life in your service. I will play a part and be a servant of the Most High God. And the final one, why else is it the greatest honour to serve God? Number five is we're honoured by God himself. And we read it earlier in John 12, 26. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am. Read together out aloud and will honour anyone who serves me. I don't know about you, but this means nothing. This is temporary. This is fleeting. This is but for a moment. It's worthless. It's a piece of junk. It's just got emotional attachment. But having God... As it says in that, this is Jesus himself, speak, Jesus himself speaking, honour you and say to you, you're my servant. I don't know about you, but that makes me think, wow, how good are you, God? How good it is to be a servant of the Most High God. When I close my eyes, when the last breath passes my lips, and I pray your heart is the same, that all we want to hear is well done, good and faithful servants, if I can have the worship team up. And can I ask that we stand? You know, to be a servant of the Most High God, to be known as a servant of the Most High God is the greatest honour that you and I can and ever will experience. Some of us across this room may have even felt, you know what, I've done my time serving before in church and at work, this, that and the other. I'm, I'm now, I want to go on easy street. Can I encourage you? For as long as you have breath, you can honour God. For as long as you have strength and you can be upright in His Spirit, you can impact the life and serve God with the men and women around you today. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around in this moment, this is a moment between us and God. The Holy Spirit is here. And the first step towards serving God is acknowledging the servant who is Jesus Christ, is acknowledging that He died for you, that He washed you clean of your sin and that you and I, need to repent and turn from our ways and look towards Him. That's the first step. And with no one looking around, just as I said earlier, between you and God, if you're here in this room and you say, yes, I need to accept Him, I need to make Him my Lord and my Saviour so that I can be a servant of the Most High God, I'm going to count to three. Can you just raise your right hand really high so I know who I'm praying with? 
God's Spirit is here and He's reaching out. He's been reaching out to you from the beginning of the service, even from when you left home. He had a plan and a purpose for you today to hear His loving kindness, to hear His act of service towards you. One, two, three. Thank you. Can we pray this aloud together just as a sign knowing that we acknowledge that Jesus is our Saviour? Let's pray this out aloud together. Dear Jesus, today I thank you that you came from heaven to earth to serve me, to save me, to love me, to forgive me. I choose this day to make you my Lord and my Saviour. I choose to turn, repent from my ways and I ask that you be with me today and from this day forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give God a praise this morning for those here and those online who may have said that prayer for the first time. We know heaven rejoices when a man or a woman, when someone comes back into the relationship God has for them. And for the rest of us, I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to right now just take a moment and reflect and ask ourselves, what is my greatest honour? Is it a badge? Is it a trophy? Is it a certain amount of remuneration at work? What is it that you're chasing? I believe the Holy Spirit is asking, chase me. Serve me. Serve me. I have a plan and a purpose for you. And He's asking you to play a part in His kingdom. Not just a church on a Sunday, not just on a ministry team, but in your workplace, in your school, and wherever you are, you are a servant of the Most High God. And right now, if you believe and you want strength, the strength of the Holy Spirit to be that servant, just raise your hands to heaven and we'll pray. Because we know and believe, I believe today, God is calling you and me again into His service. He's going to empower us for this next season, leading into Christmas and beyond into the new year. He wants to empower you and me for His service. Can I pray? Holy Spirit, across this room, You are here, Lord God, and those even watching online. Lord God, when You saved us, Lord Jesus, You called us servants of the Most High God. And Lord God, it truly is a privilege to have that name, to have that badge, to have that honour of being your sons and being your daughters. And I pray, Lord Father God, anyone right now who is struggling under the weight of service that is taking them out or service that is under too much pressure, I pray right now, lift their burden. Holy Spirit, give them a, a joy and a peace to serve again to lift their strength and lift their eyes towards you so that you may do what you want them to do.
In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Encompass Church. If today's message has impacted you and you want to give your life to Jesus, if you need prayer or if you want to get connected to the church, please contact us at office at encompass.org.au. Never miss a moment by following us online. Search for Encompass Church on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.